everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. On today's episode, Doug Smith will be joining me to discuss how to intentionally lead your families to freedom and purpose in a screen-saturated world. There isn't a family alive that doesn't need to hear what Doug has to say and the strategies he offers. Each one of us is bombarded strategically with messaging that is designed to lead us away from the direction God has designed us to go. But there is so much hope to be found. Stay tuned and join us for our conversation right after a message from our sponsor today. We are so thankful to be able to partner with incredible organizations each week who are as passionate as we are about equipping families and growing God's kingdom here on earth. Today's episode is brought to you by Trail Life USA. Trail Life is where men and boys thrive. With more than 40,000 members and nearly 900 troops across all 50 states, homeschool moms and dads are discovering the power of outdoor adventure and badge-based education to engage boys, nurture faith, and awaken a love for learning. Unshackled from the classroom, boys and dads come to life in an environment where faith and understanding grow naturally. Men love the intentional discipleship time carved out with their sons, as together they plan, work, serve, learn, and experience adventure together. Relationships grow, faith becomes real, leadership is learned, and the boys grow to become biblically bold, courageous servant leaders of faith and character. Learn more today at traillifeusa.com forward slash TTD. Again, that's traillifeusa.com forward slash TTD. And now, won't you join me in welcoming Doug Smith to the podcast today? Guys, welcome back. I am really glad to have you joining us today, and I am super excited to have Doug Smith. Doug is the author of Unintentional, How Screens Secretly Shape Your Desires and How You Can Break Free, uh, which is a resource that I, I cannot recommend highly enough. I think for a lot of us, Doug, we know intuitively that screens are an issue and that there's a lot of time and energy spent on them, but I love the way that you're you're able to kind of give us some solid information and some solid strategies to move us forward. So uh, I, I really appreciate your doing that and I appreciate your being here. So welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you, Leslie. It's such an honor to be here. I'm, I'm a huge fan of what you guys do, teach them diligently and love uh, everything about your ministry. And so it's an honor to be with you today. Well, thank you so much. I Before we dive in, because we, we have such an important topic to discuss today and, and one that every single family listening to, listening in is is impacted by. So I'm really excited to get to that. But first, for those in the audience who don't know you, haven't heard you speak, haven't read your book or your blog, can you tell us a little bit about who is Doug Smith and kind of what is your background before we dive into a, a discussion truly about you know, the hope that we as believers have as we are, you know, kind of combating this impact of screens on our lives and our families. Sure. Thank you. Well, as you said, I, I wear quite a few hats. Most importantly, I'm a Christian. I'm a husband. I'm a dad to four now grown and married daughters. Uh, praise the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. My wife and I homeschooled for many years. 
And so we're, we're huge um, fans of homeschooling and, and believe in the mission wholeheartedly. Um, I'm a lifelong software developer. And so I, I approach the subject from a somewhat of an insider's view. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I've been doing software development for a long time. Actually, currently I'm working for Covenant Eyes as their lead Android developer. Uh, Covenant Eyes is the, one of the biggest um, uh, pornography uh, um, accountability and filtering companies. Uh, but I've been doing all kinds of different things that way. And then I'm a lifelong Bible student. And so I, I felt, uh, really compelled, uh, gosh, it's been almost eight years ago that I felt the burden really laid on me to bring all those things together into a message that I hoped would help people with their, uh, with their, the life of, with their lives and screen time. Yeah. And it's so important. I think you and I were talking before we jumped on uh, to record. I think that for a lot of us, we know intuitively that we need to be on guard, that it's super, it's a super slippery slope (laughs) with, with screens that you kind of get sucked in, you lose track of time. It, it really impacts everything that you do if allowed. Um, But I don't think that many of us have have actually stepped back to really do an inventory of what the impact is. And I was hoping that as we start out and kind of lay the foundation for this, that you could give us a little bit of insight as to what is the impact? What does the battle, you know, for screens in today's family actually look like? Sure. Thank you. Yeah, that's, it it really is. I think it's the most important battlefront for the hearts and minds of our families, of our kids today. It, it, we, we feel overwhelmed by it and we almost have this sense. It's like it's the air we breathe. Somehow all these screens grew up around us. Mm. Um, so we feel it. But what we don't realize is, and, and the reason that I come at this with this word of the word intentional, is that the industry is extremely intentional about how they make their inroads into our families. And but yet most of us are unintentional in our adoption of them. So that you're right, we don't realize how much they really have consumed almost every aspect of our lives. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, I remember my kids like yours are pretty well grown. And I remember very well when my boys, who are my older two, were coming into middle school, high school, and I knew that they were going to, you know, have more access to things, even though we have always used covenant eyes, we have, we have always put in safeguards, but still, you know, that, that the Lord has to protect them. And we have to be very intentional with the way that we're parenting through that. And I remember honestly being so fearful for them of just, you know, all of the bad things that were coming after them, that it almost paralyzed me, that it almost, it didn't almost, I honestly was kind of shut down. Like I was afraid to have the conversations because I was afraid I was going to, you know, kind of push them away and, and, or make them aware of stuff they weren't, or, you know, the devil kind of whispers all of these things to Mm -hmm. at least me as a mom. And I would imagine I'm not the only one. So I, I know that this is something that we kind of know intuitively that we've got to be proactive with. But for me, and I would imagine for many who are listening, that is, that's all well and good. We know we need to be, but it's hard to know exactly how to be. Um, so, you know, you, you talk about this intentionality with the way that we are approaching media and technology and, and how we are consuming and using it. What exactly do do you mean by that? And how can that, what does that look like for families? 
Yeah, thank you. And, and I, I want to um, go back to what you, you're talking about, this idea of the fear that we feel and as parents. It is a, uh, we do feel overwhelmed. <clears throat> and it's, um, and it, and it really is, even, even as I was researching this, as you research any subject, you go down the rabbit hole and you go, wow, this is so huge. This mm-hmm. is too big for me. Um, and it is too big for us alone. But again, as Christians, we have this hope. We have, um, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and of a sound mind um, that, that Paul told Timothy. So, I mean, we have this amazing resource and so we can face it and we just have to face it. Yeah. We have to realize as parents that if we're not intentional with our families, the, the industry, the, the um, forces, the, the um, powerful, the biggest corporations that our world has ever seen yes. are all aimed at our families and they're extremely intentional. And so I do talk about this idea of an intentionality imbalance because um, most of us, what, what people don't realize is we're spending an average of eight hours a day. And that was a that was a statistic from 2020, a, an e-marketer study that was done, and an average of and that's digital media consumption. That's social media, video games, and and streaming video. Um, that's not work. That's non-work time, and an average of eight hours a day. So we didn't all intentionally on purpose. You know, when I grow up, I want to give my personal data and the best time of my life and all of my deepest thoughts and fears and hopes to the biggest corporations in the world, so they can you know, collect my data and sell me to the highest bidder. Nobody wanted to do that. We didn't mean to do that, but the industry did. The industry does intentionally point some of the most powerful technologies, the top neuroscientists, the top behavioral psychologists looking at exploiting us so that we end up getting addicted. The reason everybody's on their screens all the time is because they are truly doing addiction forming strategies. Wow. Um, and I talk about that a lot of detail in a lot of detail in my book. So the, at the end of the day, we, by the power of God, have to flip that intentionality and balance around. We have to be more intentional with the lives, our lives and our kids' lives than the industries who would love to shape our hearts and minds today. Yeah. And that is, I can speak from experience that that doesn't happen without parents being proactive and, and really educating ourselves and coming up with a plan of action of how we're going to parent and equip our kids because we can't just we can't just put rules in place and leave it at that. We have to actually equip our children to have a foundation to to navigate their own digital world because they're getting older. I mean, my kids as yours are are grown, they're big. I'm not I'm not telling them what they can and cannot do with media right. anymore. Mm-hmm. So Mm -hmm. it was incumbent upon me to prepare them while I had the chance so that now they can make wise decisions as adults. And and that's the other thing that I I really feel like we need to be so keyed in on as we are combating this fear is, is recognizing that God has called us to prepare our children to stand against these entities that are very intentionally coming after coming after their minds, coming after their time, coming after their priorities and all of this. Oh, that's so good. It, it, there, there is no one else. And, and certainly, um, you know, homeschoolers, we, we understand we're taking, we're already as homeschoolers more intentional than the average parent who is decide. you know, we've decided. And sometimes people obviously come into homeschooling because of the pandemic and so on. And they kind of accidentally got into it. But at the end of the day, they're, you're doing this, right? You're doing something. You're, you've made the decision to teach your kids or you're thinking about it. Maybe you're thinking about it. 
so there's a level of intentionality, but, but we realize we are the God-given people in our kids' lives, the most, the closest to them. We have our experiences. Um, there's nobody who can be to our kids what our kids need like we can. And so we, they desperately need us to learn and to overcome our fears, overcome our insecurities, maybe even overcome our own addictions and our own <laughs> issues with screens Absolutely. so that we can also not only, you know, teach them, but model for them what it looks like to walk in freedom in a screen saturated world. Oh, absolutely. There have been so many times when I have been convicted, David has been convicted of really falling into the do as I say and not as I do with technology <laughs> yes. right. um, because it's so easy. And I wonder, and, and I, I, this is really rather rhetorical, how much of a spiritual nature there is to this battle with technology. And you know, kind of as a follow-up to that question to you, what what's the the nature of assuming that there is a spiritual nature to this, which I do, what what is the end game? What do you see as being the strategy and really the goal in this spiritual battle we're fighting? Hmm. Yeah, thank you for that. You know, so my book is a is a Christian book, and uh, intentionally so, um, because my story of walking in freedom and the and the people who I've helped has been by the power of God through Christ. And so we recognize it's it's an unpopular subject for lots of people to think about spiritual battles. But Jesus certainly believed in spiritual battles. He, uh, you know, before he started his ministry, he started in the wilderness, tempted by the devil, and that was a real historical thing that actually happened. And so. Um, uh, Jesus called the devil the father of lies in John 8, 44. Um, and, and I look at that in terms of what is actually happening through the spiritual battles. And as I trace this back and I try to figure out, okay, what is the actual thread line from our screens and what is typically on a screen to the spiritual warfare, to the prince of the power of the air, Paul says, um, which I think the prince of the power of the air, that whole phrase, the irony that they must think, you know, that... <laughs> All this stuff's coming over the air to our screens, right? Exactly. Um, but when you trace back this idea of the father of lies, this is the idea of like the DNA of every lie comes back to the devil. Hmm. Um, I'm, that's how I'm taking that. And so when you think about all the lies that are on the screen, what are those, you know, some of those lies, the photos that are, that are impossibly Photoshopped, you know, to, to yes. entice girls to think you got to look like that. Nobody looks like that because Photoshop did it. You know, the, the, the guys that think that, you know, um, this is, this is what life is about Vid fighting these, these fake battles on video games. Like this is what it's all about. That's a lie that, but it's built into that, that, that the purpose of the video game is to give you a false sense of purpose. So, I mean, on and on again, on the messages we get on our screens and the ways they keep us in, um, intentionally connected to them and why we're always thinking about them. Those are really at the end of the day based on lies. And so what is their end game? You asked. Um, I think again, it's, it's ultimately comes down to the hearts and minds. He mm. came to steal, kill and destroy. Mm. The enemy came to steal, kill and destroy. And unfortunately you can watch trend lines from the introduction of the smartphone. And especially at the point where the smartphone crossed the 50% threshold around 50% kind of a, adoption rate around 2015. Yeah. And you can trend, as you trend the number of smartphone penetration and screen penetration of families, you can also trend all these negative effects, anxiety, depression, self-harm, suicidality, um, 
lots of it's, it's it's hurting us and so the stealing killing and destroying is actually working really really well and it's something for us to combat spiritually because it is ultimately going back to a spiritual source uh, yeah absolutely and and yeah you see it you see in your churches you see you know we we have seen in the Christian co-op that my kids grew up in the the issues that even our children's friends were dealing with in middle school, in young mm-hmm. high school. This I was dumbfounded. I was so shocked by the the issues that they were dealing with because they're being confronted all the time with these very adult themes and very adult problems and um, and then we're also giving other people free reign into our homes when God didn't create them to live in our homes. Mm-hmm. And that was that was always a conversation that we had with our kids growing up is God God made our family to be here. And so there were, you know, there were times when we would shut shut down texting, shut down, you know, any any kind of access to the outside world because God didn't create them to be here. This is us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's something that we we lose sight of a lot. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, we are giving we are giving the world 24 act 24/7 access to their hearts and minds. Yeah. Um what I say in my book is the um is is and it goes right along with your ministry of teaching them diligently. Deuteronomy 6, right? Mm-hmm. Teach them diligently, which which talks about, you know, talk about it when you sit in your house and walk by the way and lie down and rise up and when you and put it on your on the doorposts and write it on your hand, you know, put it on your hands and on your forehead, all these things. Well, what is the world doing? What are, where are our screens? Our screens are in all those places. Yeah. They're the first thing we look at when we wake up. They're the last thing we look at when we go to sleep. They're on our wrists. They're on our walls. They're on our, you know what? I, they're in our cars. They're everywhere. So the, the industry has learned Deuteronomy 6. Right. And it's time for the church to reapply that and to actually Deuteronomy, apply that to ourselves. We are living in an era when we have got to live differently if we're going to win their hearts and minds. And so as you said, you've got to be, especially in your home, your home has got to be a sanctuary yes. where, um, and, and and on purpose with a, with your family mission in terms of following Christ in mind, you've got to not give the world 24-7 access to your kids. Well, and just as a, a means of offering hope, when you cut that off, when you make that access not available for your children, they, no matter how much they, you know, kick and scream and, and say they don't want it, the relief that they're actually going to feel, I mean, I have heard it over and over and over again from people who, you know, the the making that call initially was hard. There was some friction, you know, the kids didn't want to do it. Especially, you know, if they, they had had that freedom and then you're, you're restricting it a little bit, but once they kind of catch their breath and they detox just a little bit, they recognize uh, in most cases how much more pleasant and peaceful and I guess intentional their time actually can be when that is not available 24 seven. Oh yes. They, there is this universal sense of a relief of, and, and the kids love, we talk about this in other, other parenting contexts, kids need strong and wise boundaries and they ultimately thank you. They may not thank you. I tell, I always told this to my, my wife and um, you know, they may not, the, the Bible says they will rise up and call you blessed. Um, it may not be today. It may not be, you know, it may not even be this week, but it ultimately they'll come back and they'll say, thank you for, thank you for that. I've heard parents say that their kids said, 
mom, thank you for giving me an imagination yes. because, because they see their friends who yep. are all there. They're all about what's next on the screen. And they don't realize that the reason they're all on this, on the screen is because they're designed to do that, that very thing. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're not doing it because, Oh, look at them. They're all having fun. This is all, this is just what everybody does today. No, they're doing it because, and, and, and just as an aside, the people, the leaders who made this technology did not give this technology to their kids. Steve yeah, Jobs, no, no. Steve Jobs did not give his kid an iPad. I mean, yeah. just let that sink in. You know, we've given them, we bought it all. Why? Because it's sold to us, not because it's good for our kids. That's and right. so, yes, they will rise up and call you blessed. They will thank you um, if you if you are willing to fight the battle for their hearts and minds. Yeah, I remember a story that came out when I was in high school. It was a it was a children's a ministry here called Patch the Pirate did a a story um, CD that one of the characters kind of wasted all his time because of the magnet box. It was a mm. you know, play on Magnavox or whatever the the brand of TV was. And I remember even as a teenager. It, the way that they presented that with magnet box, I still think of that all the time when I see people just kind of zoning out and sitting there like zombies staring at a TV or a computer or their phone or whatever, um, because that that was that's what it is designed to be. It is it's magnetically pulls you in. You see it whether you know it's it's a TV and you're sitting in a restaurant and there is one. It's like all eyes go straight to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that phone that's constantly available, it just grieves me so much to see families together and yet every face down at a little screen and not with one another, not actually having those conversations that they now have the time to have because they're sitting there together anyway. That's right. That's right. And when in history have we ever, would we have ever allowed that kind of interruption or that kind of division in our families? Like if you can imagine anything else, you know, that would, that would allow, that we would allow to come between us and the conversations and the, and the, the family time, we, we just, we can't imagine it. But for some reason we've given screens that, that permission, that intimacy right. into our, into the most vital time of our, of our family's life. And uh, it, it is heartbreaking when you think about it like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how, you know, we've, we've kind of laid, a, I think, a pretty good uh, <laughs> case for why you need to have an intentional strategy. But how, you know, for the families that are listening in and they're like, okay, I'm, I'm buying it, but where do I go from here? How can a family actually chart a course for this countercultural journey with their screens? Yes. And I, I just want to say, if I, and repeating it as we've even talked about earlier is that there's hope. Okay. Mm. There's hope in Christ. There's always, always hope. Um, it really does start when you, when you, even that, even the question of charting a course for the countercultural journey, understanding you're on a countercultural journey, you cannot go along with the culture. And what that looks like is a mission is a mission that is, that is set up to win the battle for their hearts and minds. In fact, you guys actually came out with a great, um, uh, a, a great mission statement in your new homeschooling um, subjects email. I saw that and I just love that. Christian homeschooling pri- prioritizes the hearts of children. You know, that's what we're about. And so having that mission and communicating that mission to your family is the foundation. So I, I often say, you know, we don't want to be the people that are saying no all the time. No, 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 because we have to have a better yes. yes. We have to, this is the reason we're here on mission, guys. 
So I want, I want parents to be charting a mission, a, uh, a course based on the mission, the Christ-centered mission that God has for their family, and then drilling down into the specific missions that they see in each of our kids. We all see, wow, you're so good with, with writing. You're so good at speaking. You're so good at, at math. Look at you. You know, you look at how good you are at sports. Look at how good you are at music, you know, drawing out our children's gifts. Look at what God has gifted you. Let's deploy that. And you know what? We're on mission. We don't have time for X, Y, and Z that's taken us off track. And so we set that context. And that's the, that is the, um, the basis of everything else is that Christ-centered mission, which propels you and helps you understand uh, all the other decisions that we're going to make. We frame all of our decisions, all the boundaries, all, everything else we're going to do around that mission. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you talk about these biblical principles, and you've alluded several times to the freedom that we have in Christ, the hope that there is. Can you summarize for us just those biblical principles and practices that you that you're alluding to? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Real quickly, um, the um, so the most of the book uh, is is this idea that there are biblical practices that we can deploy into our lives and into our families that allow us to walk in freedom in Christ in a screen-saturated world. And, and really what they come down to is five classic spiritual disciplines, but there's all this practical uh, application to our technology. So real quickly, the five are, the, the foundation of it all is surrender to King Jesus, surrender to Christ. Everything um, flows out of the spirit of surrender, not a spirit of balance, which often is like kind of, the, oh, we just need balance with our technology. No, we need to start with a surrender right. as, as allegiant, as, as all in sold out followers of Christ. We ask him, Lord, what do you want to, what do, where do you want me to go? And what do you want to have in my life? From there, we ask him to show us what do we need to turn away from and what do we need to maybe remove? And that may be different for different families at different times and different seasons. And it may look weird, mm-hmm. you know, but following Christ isn't necessarily if, you know, beware if all men speak well of you. Yeah. Right. Even your friends might say, whoa, you're over the top. Yeah. Well, you know, if your child can handle this or that, and you know, if you can handle this or that, and no one needs a smartphone and it's like, no one needs it in terms of like a need. We need air. We need food. Right. We don't need you. There are other ways. Um, and if that, if that, even hearing that phrase, no, everybody needs it. They don't, they don't. And if it's taken you off of your mission, then you need to remove it. And so that I walk people through that. So then we need to renew our minds. That's the third one is renewing our minds with the truth. We've been filled with a lot of lies. So I, I walk people through this mind renewing, a lot of mind renewing activities and, and processes, especially around technology. Um, we need to, the fourth thing is to replace our habits, to replace bad habits with good ones. Mm-hmm. It's not just enough to stop doing things that are bad habits, but we need to turn around and and replace those habits with good things. And I walk people through how, especially micro habits, the things you do every day, things you do first thing in the morning, things you do last at night, yeah. um, those are really important. And then maybe the most important, not well, surrender is the most important, but the thing that really keeps you focused is the fifth one, which is pursuing that purpose, which is what are you here to do? Go after it with all your heart. Yeah. And so so doing that is what drives you to being able to walk in freedom. So putting all those five together is what has really helped me and the people that I've I've walked with. Oh, absolutely. And that that last point that you made about knowing your purpose, understanding your mission, knowing why 
what God has for you gives clarity in every area of your life. It doesn't just give you marching orders in this one, but it, you know, as I've talked about so many times, tying that into, you know, kind of like you alluded to our definition of Christian homeschooling, understanding your mission makes everything else so much clearer Mm -hmm. because you have this one umbrella that everything comes up under and, and it does give you light and God is always at work. He is answering your prayer for wisdom And he will give you the ideas and the strategies as you go along following him to address any tech issues or, you know, tech habits within your family. That's exactly right, Leslie. And it's, um, I I guess my heart is just so deeply convicted that we need to stop and actually see God at work by by pausing enough to recognize those little answers to prayers by the ideas that he's giving us, the the direction, the little, that still small voice that just kind of makes us say something in a moment that we, we walk away, we're like, wow, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. That's not answering our prayers as parents. And we need to stop and praise him and take heart that he is at work every day in our families. And he wants the best for our, our children and our marriage and our families. And this is just one way that he's going to lead us. Oh, I love that. And that is so absolutely true. And yeah, God is with us. He is with us even in this epic battle for the hearts and minds of our families. And and he will hear those prayers. He will give us words that I've had that experience so many times where, wow, God, that was really good. Thanks for giving me that because that was way better than me. (laughs) Well, exactly. uh, Mm -hmm. Um, And just as a side note, because I, because, because when you hear that, and when, especially I found when I hear that coming out of my spouse, God uses that not just to increase my faith and trust in God, because I see him at work, but also to, to build my appreciation for David, for the Mm. way that David is seeking God's face and God is using him. And so I just don't want you guys to miss what God is doing in your family day by day, because there's so much clutter that you're just breezing by it. Mm, That's so true. Yeah. And often the noise of the screens and the, and the clutter, like clutters, the the word, right. It's that, that does crowd out that the, the recognition of those moments and the awe and wonder that can really come from recognizing God was just here in that moment. And we missed it because it was a still small voice. Uh, but yeah, we don't want to miss that. And we, and we, and what you just said about, um, praising God for it and even praising our spouses for it. Wow. You were listening. That was a God thing you just said, like, and and recognizing that and, and affirming that in our families and in our kids as well. Uh, That's a huge, huge lift to, uh, to help us through these things. It really, really is. So, well, Doug, thank you so much for, for being with us today, for all of this information and encouragement that you have given us. Before we go, I, I would love for you to tell us what practical resources you have and where we can find all of that. I'll be sure to put all the links in the show notes to make it easy, but I would love for you to explain what what kind of practical resources you actually have available for families. Sure. Thank you so much. And I, I love helping families. That's what I'm about. Um, I, I just, I, I feel God has given me this, this message and we're trying to do everything we can to, to help people with this, uh, with this thing. So, uh, the, the first thing would be my book, it's called unintentional and there's a, there's a website unintentionalbook.com. 
Uh, and that's your kind of your biblical practices, your Christian battle plan, the, the, the way to walk as a Christian in a screen saturated world. And, uh, for book groups or whatever, I've got, um, I've got some questions that people can do and work through that. So reach out to me unintentionalbook.com. That'll go to my website, which is also that dougsmith.com. Mm. which is because uh, I'm Doug Smith and it's a common name. So it's thatdougsmith.com. Uh, <laughs> um, and then the, the other one I always recommend is called screenstrong.com. And I'm, I'm an ambassador for them. There's some great friends. Um, their resources are the, just the best out there on kids and screens specifically. Uh, their focus is more on the medical, kind of the brain development side, but they also have some wonderful practical solutions. They have a 30-day detox out there. Hmm. Um, they've got some courses and so uh, between those things, um, the, the, Christian, the Christian battle plan and then the screen strong practicality plan, I think you'll be very well equipped to help your family walk counterculturally today. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And we will be sure to link all of those um, to make it really easy for the families to access them. Um, this, is, this is far too important of a, of a topic, of an issue <clears throat> within your family to not prioritize it, to not be intentional and to not take the time to equip yourself to, to intelligently deal with things as they come up. So Doug, I am just very, very grateful for you spending the time with us today. Thank you, Leslie. It's an honor to be here and, and I'm super grateful to be able to share. And uh, I just, again, offer, offer hope. There is, there is hope in Christ and there's hope even in this subject. And so, as you said, if we'll just go for it, Let's, uh, let's, let's win this battle for our families together. Yep. Amen and amen. So thank you all for joining us today. I, I know this has been helpful. I know it's been encouraging. Um, I think that Doug gave us an awful lot of ideas, but also a lot of great information that I hope is motivating to, to you to really take advantage of these resources, set a plan for your family, and, and take control of this for the hearts of your children. Um, and also just for the well-being of all of you, I think you'll be amazed at the joy that you can have as you win this battle over the screens and as you kind of set aside this constant friction that is in your life. So take a look at those resources. Um, I hope that we will be able to see you very, very soon at an event or through 365. I would love to get to know you and hear your story and see how God is at work in your family. So have a wonderful rest of your day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently, so we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.